Right then, uh, evening everybody, welcome to meeting five of PPR committee. Um, can we start with agenda item one? Apologies for absence, please, Joe. We've got apologies from Councillor Stockton, personal reasons, Councillor Griffiths, illness, and Councillor Eakin, work. Thank you. Any declarations of interest from members? Um, if Green Gates on here, I don't know. If anything comes up, I'll Yeah, that's fine. Item three, any requests from the public? There are no members of the public, so we'll go to four. To accept and sign the minutes as a true and accurate record of the previous meeting. Is everyone happy with those? Yeah, I'll do it at the end. Okay. Uh, and then item five then, um, to receive a report from PRISM following the security breach. Um, Item B, to consider installing additional security and anti-hacking software. And I hand it over to you, Joe, or, or to, straight to Jack, yes, whichever. Yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks, Jack. Brilliant. All right, well, thank you for having me. Um, so, <coughs> what I thought would be uh, the best course of action would be to um, come and speak to you guys and just give you an idea about what happened, how these things happen, and what we can do to stop them happening in the future. Uh, and also what the risks are um, of these things happening and you know, where they uh, essentially may kind of fall to. So the, the compromise that happened um, last year um, was in reference to a mailbox. Um, now, usually the most common types of compromises or um, cyber attacks, let's say, uh, relate to something uh, like a mailbox. Now, the ways that these can happen, or realistically, the most common ways that they can happen are by things called phishing, um, what you would call a, a man-in-the-middle attack, um, or a password guessing. <clears throat> so using specific type of software that would essentially sit and guess a password until it gets it, like cracking a safe, ultimately. Um, now, what actually happened with this was two-pronged. Um, initially, what it looked like was a phishing, a phishing mail went to the mailbox, link was clicked, um, which allowed the user to then sit in behind the mail uh, and monitor mail. Um, which ultimately then created what is a man-in-the-middle attack, so somebody impersonating that user. Um, now, Liz actually spotted um, at that point that she, you know, she thought there was something that was slightly untoward there. Um, and brought it to prison's attention um, and what we did from a technical perspective is go into the mail, route out to see if there's anything untoward or anybody within the mailbox that has malicious intent and creating a forward from that mailbox to another person's mail. Um, stop that from happening and ultimately then increase the spam filter on that mail account. Now that is pretty much what we can do. That's the, the most we can do at that period of time in terms of um, what you know what Outlook's native um, product actually gives you is just to increase the spam filter. What that does is ultimately stop mail coming in that it believes has malicious intent, providing links and certain things like that. Now there isn't, you know, realistically, there isn't anything that the town council could have done more or of an individual. You have to remain very vigilant with these types of things on a consistent basis. Um, we could provide all of the security products um, 
many layers of different types of security possible, but it's all, again, it's, it's all about um, maintaining that as an end user, you're vigilant and think before you click a link, asking yourself the question, is this something that I should be clicking? Is it genuine? Have I asked for somebody to send me this attachment? Um, would I click a link that says you need to pay here? Um, you know, those types of things. It's about remaining vigilant. Um, the, you know, the, the common or the most common threats to an organisation, regardless, regardless whether you're a local authority or an SME or, or anybody um, of a certain size, is your end users um, and your members of staff that are working in the infrastructure day to day are normally the biggest threat. On that subject, I keep getting emails requesting me to pay an invoice and then they're saying it's oh click on this to open the invoice but you look at the end of it and it's html yeah. and it's not a file it's yeah. some yeah, kind absolutely. of thing so be careful of folks yeah it takes you through to a website and all mm -hmm. that all that ultimately does is that starts obviously farming your data mm -hmm. um, and then you start to receive more and more and more phishing emails until you can't see the wood through the trees you click on one specific and then obviously that's when you welcome someone into your environment now where that can go from there is there is potential that if um, untouched um, it creates more room for malware um, which again are more malicious types of software um, and viruses that are welcome towards your infrastructure and that personal device um, and then it goes you know as far as wide as looking at things like ransomware where people try and take your data and lock it down to a point and encrypt it and then they ask you for money um, in return for your data. Now unfortunately because of that process your data will have already gone um, and been sold or, um, to various elements and you may get your data back but it won't be back in the same format. So it takes you a while to pull that back and cost you a significant amount of money at the same time. So what can we do to stop it? Well there's various ways. So Outlook is, is your mail application in Office 365. Um, what what we suggest to all of our clients um, is improving security in all of those areas. Um, so what we've suggested is two elements. One is by adding a, a more complex quality to your mail security, which is what we've suggested here on the quote, which is line one, it's a monthly item. And everybody who has a fraudulent town council email will have this piece of software installed into the mail. Okay. I, I use the IMAP settings and have it on Apple Mail. Okay, which is still, so you, you're not using Outlook no. at all? Okay, so you have to use Outlook. Okay, um, I haven't got Outlook on here. Okay, so we'd have to install it for you. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> whether or not it'd work in that fashion, but we'd sort it out. Yeah. Okay, okay. you use an individual. Um, you can still use it by the web at the same time. Yeah, it's just um, easier to have it. Yeah, I understand. Um, but for it to work, and um, for it to work from a solution-based design like this, it's designed for Microsoft Windows-based devices. Yeah. Um, Macs, you would have to use either Parallels or whether or not the application would work natively as a, uh, you know on your desktop. I've got the <coughs> AVG Pro stuff. I've got that. Yeah, it's antivirus. Um, so you know, as a as a baseline, a very good piece of security to have. But it's a reactive piece of software that does vulnerability scanning on your device. It has picked up on phishing scans. Yeah, yeah, it can do. Um, but again, it's a 
it's a vulnerability scanning, so what it will do, it will scan at scheduled points. So again, it's not going to pick up everything, um, and that's again where we come back to layers of security. It's all about having something like antivirus as your basic standpoint, DNS protection on top of that, potentially a firewall, mail protection, and something called multi-factor authentication. So there's many layers of different types of security that you should have in place. But that's as an organisation, not necessarily as just an individual mm -hmm. um, outside of the council, let's say. Um, yeah. So it, it's all about layers. So the, maybe try and download a version of Outlook and try and use it on that. Uh, potentially, but you know, we can sort that for you or, yeah. or you know, hand in hand when we come to the stage that you, know, you guys are happy with you know, our, our method of thought through to, to this next stage. So, what we're looking at is something called Proofpoint. Now, Proofpoint is what we use for all of our clients for email threat protection, in, in essence. Now, what that does is, it, if, if you know what a firewall is, um, as such, it's essentially like a firewall for your email. So, it monitors incoming and outgoing traffic, it monitors email with attachments, links, everything like that. Um, but also, as an addition, uh, it monitors what's called fraud and spoof protection. Um, one of the probably highest rising threats at the moment for mail is fraud and spoof protection. So, um, in terms of its product, <coughs> what it actually does is a massive improvement on your basic spam filter that Office 365 provide. Um, what Office 365 does as a native product is it gives you a solution um, to be able to work from anywhere. Um, what you're supposed to do with Office 365 is work with professionals in that space to be able to help implement more layers of security. The more layers you have, the more deterrence you have from somebody coming into the environment um, and ultimately trying to um, cause what happened in the instance to, to the town parks email. So what we're suggesting is to, to put Proofpoint Essentials on all mails, uh, sorry, on all mail uh, for for all, so not, not, not just the day-to-day -day works of, um, of the, the council, the clerk, um, the assistant clerk, etc., um, but also town councillors as well. Okay, It will give you a daily digest, so it tells you what mail has come in and been blocked. It does give you the ability to be able to create a blocked list yourself. So we would get proof point on our own personal laptops, would we? Um, not on your personal laptops, it's, okay. it's nothing to do with your personal device, it's just to do with your town council email, okay, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so it just sits on the mail. Um, now, as a second phase to that, um, what we then also do is implement something called multi-factor authentication. So most of you, most of you will use multi-factor authentication in loads of things, banking, or emails. If you do it now, whether you sign into different platforms like YouTube or others, you know, pretty much everybody's using multi-factor authentication. The main reason for that is. <clears throat> Your password could potentially be very easy to um, for somebody to um, to guess or to what we call brute force attack. Um, that's your first factor um, of authenticating to whatever you're trying to log into. The second factor is um, unique reference codes, um, six-digit passcodes. Mm -hmm. Such you know, if you, you ever log onto your banking, it's referenced to your mobile phone. It sends you a six-digit code via text message, and you pop it. This can work in exactly the same manner. You, we generally use what's called the Authenticator app with Microsoft. Download it onto your smartphone. Every, normally every 30 days it'll ask you to re-authenticate. If you go to an unknown network that it doesn't seem familiar with, um, if you go to go and sit in Costa Coffee and you want to jump on the network, 
and you are trying to access your emails, so not if you're doing anything else, but if you try and access your email and you're in an unfamiliar public Wi-Fi space, it then will ask you to, to authenticate and just say, just checking that this is you, please can you authenticate, okay? Um, the good thing about that is that it's unique to yourself. So for somebody to be able to guess that it's a one in, you know, one in a billion chance that they're going to guess a six-digit code that refreshes or replenishes every 30 seconds, almost impossible. If it's an approving process via the Authenticator app and it just asks you to approve, then again, um, it's only going to come through to your phone. Um, unless that you've decided to give somebody your phone, your phone or it's, it's been lost or stolen, you don't have a passcode to it. Um, then again, you'd be very unfortunate to go through the process where someone's just trying to jump into your fraudulent town council email. Um, of which the likelihood is the data that sits within it, as most of what you do from a council perspective, you know, public interest and public information at times, you know, there's, there's not many things that are going to be. Um, you know, harmful, but at the same time, we still have to protect you all from the eventuality of potentially losing data, which isn't great in the public eye. So that's what we're suggesting to do with um, <coughs> what we've you know, popped on there uh, as a quote. Um, as I did say at the start though, even implementing this, you, know, you can never be 100% secure. So it is always about being vigilant. What we do with these layers of security is help, you know, there's more things that they have to peel back to be able to get into, into the environment. Um, so that's what we're suggesting. This is a standard um, of what we have today with, with any new clients. So if we bring a new client on board at Prism, this is the standard that they have. Um, as not necessarily as a non-negotiable aspect, but realistically as a responsible provider, that's what we, we have as a standpoint. Um, you guys have been with us for a lot longer, so the times um, from a technology perspective and security perspective, risk was a hell of a lot different um, five, six years ago. So can I ask Jack, why, why would this not have been a flag this, you know, this, this account's been with us a while, maybe they need to upgrade it and may, maybe they should look at... So we did, um, okay. quite, well, quite a few years ago, we right. suggested something called Minecast. Yeah. Now Minecast was something we used to use pre-proofpoint. Yeah, I have that on my work yeah, laptop. But it was, again, it was something that... Um, I don't think necessarily we deemed that it was needed at okay. the time. Yeah. Um, and again, as, as we kind of go through the years of, mm -hmm. of looking after you guys, I dare say it probably should have been, um, most definitely post-COVID, um, as you, we lead into 90% of businesses these days post-COVID have digitally transformed overnight. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's become more prevalent, there's more risk in working in cloud-based environment and you know, working in digital fashion, last face-to-face. Um, it's something that should have been um, brought to the table, to be perfectly honest, um, and a lot sooner. Um, but dealing with the matter in hand now, um, I believe it's something we should definitely do. Um, but obviously making you aware of the, the risks that obviously, of course, sit here and obviously in tomorrow's world, um, is that we can do everything we can to create those tertiary layers of security, but again, it's still about being vigilant and thinking whilst you are working through your mail and working through your infrastructure environment on your laptops or desktops, and to not just click on anything and not think that everything is genuine. Mm -hmm. um, and as you say, absolutely look at the body of an email. 
um, look at what the attachment may, may represent, have you asked for it, does it look genuine, <laughs> you know, they're very important questions to ask yourself on a day to day basis. Is there something that you would recommend for personal laptops and personal phones because I, I, I think my personal email was compromised at one point? Uh, pretty much most, uh, most personal emails, if you're using Gmail, hmm. Hotmail, they'll have all been compromised hmm. at some point. Um, personal mail compromises are a lot different to organisation based. So organisation based they look for um, a couple of things. They look for data to be able to take away and um, to see if there's value and if there is value they'll sell it to a market um, and also they'll try and sell it back to yourselves. Um, from a personal perspective Again, not, not kind of going too personal or not going too deep into things. What people look for is they'll look for, again, personal things. So it could be pictures, it could be um, videos or information about yourself, family, anything like that. Generally doesn't happen, um, but what they're actually doing is they're just selling your email address and your password to other people. So that's you never signed up to um, spam email, nobody did. Um, but it's very simple for your emails to be compromised. And what people generally do is they'll jump on Facebook or Instagram or something like that and they'll look for personal items um, and that's generally quite a lot of people's passwords. So it could be a pet, it could be name of house, where you live, date of birth, um, car registrations, different types of cars, all that kind of stuff. So that's how simple it can be. Mm. Having something on there, you can look deeper, depending upon what type of email you have, all personal emails do have heightened security settings that you can action. Um, make sure you have multi-factor authentication on all email. Um, you know, that's the first thing I would do, um, to be perfectly honest. And Hotmail, Gmail, Apple Mail, Amazon, Yahoo, everything like that, they all have multi-factor authentication. That'll, that'll stop people compromising your emails. Mm -hmm. um, so <coughs> what, if, what, what if you've got a device that's already got some malware on it? What's the best way of protecting that? Um, if you've already got it on there, well, you'll know about it, for one. Um, your phone's a lot less so, um, but from a laptop perspective, you'll start seeing error-based viruses coming up quite often, um, and you'll know if there's malware on there. Um, your AVG antivirus from something like that will, no will notice that. Um, but yeah, that's from a phone perspective, there are a couple of things that you can do, AVG and things like that, do do mobile. Um, I've got it on yeah. there, but it does, it does weird stuff. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phones are phones are a little bit more unknown in that, that aspect. Um, mm. From that perspective, different types of applications, such as mail and certain other things, that um, kind of follow the native procedure of where you've originally had it from. So it'll follow from your laptop. If you've got multi-factor authentication on your mail on your laptop or where you started it from, it'll carry through to your phone. Um, so it's, it's just making sure that any applications that you do go on, just make sure it's nice and secure. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you've got, these days we always kind of preach strong password. So strong password, three different, three different words. Um, change certain elements for um, you know, let, letters and change them for numbers or change for an at symbol for an A or anything like that. And you know, lowercase, um, uppercase just creating things that aren't necessarily common to yourself, um, but a little bit more generic. Um, so it's very hard to do that because you forget 
mm. which, which is that. So, so yeah, so that, that's what we're suggesting. Um, obviously, if you've got any questions, feel free to ask. I have, um, yeah. and it just probably shows my ignorance. But you don't need to do that every time you send an email, do you? Absolutely not. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, if you're going to sit, if you're going to sit in the town council building as you yeah. do most days, or yeah. working from home, it'll notice that you're in a safe network. Yes, uh, I found that problems with my laptop. It saves yeah. you in somewhere we don't recognise. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So every thirty days, it'll just sit there and ask you to authenticate. That's fine. Can that does that mind casting work on a mobile as well as a laptop? Uh, yeah, the, okay, you know, yeah, internet-based uh, thing devices. There are, if you, if you look at um, email threat protection online, there are there are a couple that you can get um, like free free software um, mm. for personal. Um, so have a look into it. Mindcast is okay. The reason why we changed from Mindcast to Proofpoint, um, just so you know, is um, Mindcast had three products. Um, Proofpoint has two, and the reason why uh, we changed was Minecraft went from three products to five, um, and they all basically separate everything that one product could give you, and they added them all as different add-ons. So the value of Minecraft rather started off at three pound and ended up at twelve pound a month, which is great if people do it. Um, but Proofpoint provides everything that Minecraft can, but at three pound thirteen. Um, so that's the reason why we changed. Um, and it actually adds a little bit more. And I'll just point out you have offered us a discount on the original quotation. Yeah, the, the main reason we offered discount um, from our perspective and um, you know, for the clarity of that is because technically we responded to it exactly as we would suggested. Commercially we didn't respond to, um, we didn't respond to Liz um, in realistically in a, in a quick fashion. So Liz wanted to understand what happened um, wanted a report or, or some kind of documented view of exactly what had happened. The response to that wasn't timely enough, so um, of which we take full responsibility for. But the reason why we've given the discount is to walk towards the fact that yes, you should do it, and um, but shouldn't shouldn't realistically face the full cost of doing that based on our response at that time from a commercial perspective. So that's the reason why. And then will there be? future costs down the line so obviously the whole council could change in mm. May, May so that you could be realistically 14 new councillors, 14 yeah. new people, so is there then going to be... No, no there's not, um, yeah. the, obviously we're all, yeah. all licence based things so we have done it before. So my licence would end and the person that comes in instead of me would... So your licence would stay, yeah. it'd be a concurrent licence, we just change the, the names and just change the okay. names yeah. on them. So you, your mail will be not deleted. We basically yeah. create a shared mailbox for you specifically. So the data is held, um, and then a new email is set up to yeah. the. To so the if we get freedom of information request in the future, you can access the information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've done it. Right. So we've done it for Fraction Town Council, obviously before when you got the when elections changed, and, yeah. and you changed councils. So. Okay. Or when somebody has resigned or... Yeah, you know, yeah we don't charge for that. Perfect. And any more questions? Would you need... What, what would you... To set it up, you'd need phone numbers for everybody? Yeah. So you can do the authentication? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Just, <laughs> um, 
before we go on to that then, are we get looking to set this up now or are we going to wait until May when we've got a new council that, you know, is there any point in setting mine up for the sake of two months? Um, I know I we would, can be compromised in that time. Yeah, I would, I would suggest that we're going to do it, do it now. Yeah. Um, it's rooted, it's in. It yeah. makes no difference, probably, from, from, from our state, it makes no difference to us yeah. uh, whether you change now, uh-huh. next week or yeah. in two months. Um, it, from a security perspective, yeah. um, get it implemented. The the other angle, of course, is um, you know if you do change um, or anything like that, then yeah. it's just a simple call to us. Okay. The only thing that obviously that becomes more the entertaining period is when we actually are trying to implement it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, and getting other people to understand. Because, yeah, we've got loads of people to go through, and um, in not in any derogatory way at all. Obviously, the average age of some councillors can be can be quite substantially older than um, what's in this room, yeah. and don't have smartphones. Um, not used to using laptops, tablets, or, or email. Like that. Uh, or email. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, so, it's, um, so it can be difficult implementing multi password authentication. Yeah. The email threat protection is all very simple because we do it remotely. And they're probably the people that are actually most vulnerable yeah. as well yeah. because yeah. they don't know what they're clicking and they don't know what to look for. Yeah. And we have had councillors yeah. in the past who yeah. may come back yeah. who have refused to use a .gov email. Yeah. So yeah, that would exactly. have to be. So, that would have to be. Yeah. Well, they can't, instead, you can't then. You can't make somebody. They just don't get the information that's good. Yeah, they're out of the loop of information. Can we, so. can we not include it in our policies then that you either get .gov or you only get paper? You, you, we don't send to personal. You could, yeah. yeah. I don't think we should be sending I mean, anything to personal accounts. No, absolutely. Not to a account. I'm not allowed to in, in Flinch no. and send anything from my... No, no, even if I want to print and I can't get on the Flinch, yeah. I, have to, I can't send it to my personal no. So, no, I don't. So, so it's, and that's the same Cheshire West Council. Yes, yeah. They can't use the Cheshire West account. That might be something we need to look at probably before May. Yeah. Mm. Get it, get let's get it over the line and get it over the agenda for, for here or for council. Yeah, yeah. As, as we were saying, you know, personal email is one of the easiest yeah. things, simple things to compromise. So um, you are potentially welcoming, welcoming something into the environment by you know, com- cross communicating with personal mail on it. Yeah. Um, on you know on a regular basis, so it de- definitely something if you if you add it into a policy, it's a very good idea to do that. Right. Um, and you're only creating a, you know more of a robust um, security policy and, and protecting yourselves as a council uh, from that matter by doing that. Okay. Um, as you were saying, Joe, in terms of installing, um, yes, it's about realistically us being able to speak and book time with every councillor to yeah. be able to set up. And multi-factor, multi-factor authentication in different ways. Yeah. So you can do it via somebody ringing your mobile, mm-hmm. um, you can do it via a smartphone app, you can do it by a text message, and you can do it a multitude of ways. So um, it's just about individually speaking with each and every councillor and member of staff, making sure that you're happy with the way that we're setting you up. Uh, the most common way is via the Authenticator app, which you download through um, you know, the Play Store or the Apple Store. So, shall I move that we accept the quote then? Yeah. Put yes. that to the vote, please. Yeah. All in favour? Absolutely. There we go, then that's accepted. So, I'll leave that for you to liaise with that then, Joe. Okay. Brilliant. Any other questions? Or?
No, thank you. Great. Thanks, Jack. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. Right then, let's move on. Item 6, to uh, Frodham Town Council accounts to approve and sign the total monthly backs, direct debit and cheques, to note the monthly income expenditure report and to approve and sign the bank reconciliation reports. Yep. So you have all these. Yeah. So you're happy to approve. Could you sign yeah. that one, which is the backs payments? And to note the monthly income and expenditure. So we can just note that, that doesn't need signing. Yeah. We've already had that, haven't we? It's been yeah. So that, that's noted then. And then to approve that's and the sign the bank reconciliation reports, which ends January those. 23. They've also yeah. been provided before today. There's three of those. And you sign each one, yeah? Yeah, please. Seven then uh, to note the report provided by the clerk on finance procedure update. Yeah, we've really tightened that up. Okay. Uh, we've got extra security at the co-op. I don't know how long it's going to go on for, but um, it will be very difficult for the same thing to happen again. And every single payment needs two-factor authentication before it goes through. I've also received forms for those who are going to become signatories with um, details in it of how to activate your FOB, okay. which uh, you'll do if you let me know when you've done it and I'll set up a payment for us to just see how it works. Okay. <coughs> so that will be, um, that will be, I will set up payments, but I can't authorise payments. The payments will need to be authorised by a councillor, any one of the three or yeah. signatories. Uh, that's really great, Joe. I think it takes yeah. all the onus and the pressure off you to, to you shouldn't be setting up and organising. Okay. So, so that actually removes any yeah, of that moving forward, which is great. So thank you. Yeah, I'm glad, that's, I'm glad we've done that. Okay, okay, thank you. Okay, so we're just noting that, aren't we? No vote on that one required. Yeah. Charities, um, to resolve, FTC has met with its obligation as tr uh, trustee of Friends of Hop A. Wood. Note the annual return has been filed in accordance with the requirements of the Audit Commission. To resolve that FTC has met with its obligation as trustee of Frodge and Recreations Ground and to resolve that FTC has met its obligations as trustee of Overton Hill Memorial Field. Great. Anything else on that one? No. I just had one query on that one. Mm -hmm. um, the submissions to the Charity Commission said that zero expenditure yeah. for Hope Haywood. The, uh, the charity is uh, separate to the uh, budget line code that we've got okay, for Hope Haywood. Yeah. So there's been no movement in or out of the charity yeah. account. Absolutely fine. Thank you. Interim internal audit report. Now I'm quite pleased with this because <laughs> I've got most of the items that were listed mm. removed. Yeah, that's good because we did go through it, didn't we? we did. mm, and to be fair, Patrick um, highlighted a few, didn't he? And then yeah. we, we did say it was difficult with, with you not being here to, to query 
a lot of them, so do you want to go through it, Joe, or are we just going to note the revised report? I think report? if you're happy to note yeah, the I'm revised I'm happy report. with the things that have been removed or settled, whatever we want to say. And there'll be a further update when the year end is done as well. Yeah. I've, got that, I've got the date for that there. Okay. Uh, so that was A, to note the revised report, um, B, to note that the council is obliged to use contract finder if the contract has a value of over 30,000. To note uh, part C, to note the council is not obliged to use contract finder if the contract value if the contract has a value of over thirty thousand, and individual companies or organisations are invited to tender, providing finance regs are followed. So what we're basically saying is you've got an open tender and a closed tender. Yeah. The open tender is anybody can uh, tender for that work and that needs to be advertised on contract finder and then you can advertise it anywhere else you want okay. as well. And a closed contract is um, when you're saying there are three organisations we've dealt with before, we're happy with them, we're following the regulations by getting three quotes and you're then not using contract finder or needing to go to open tender. So the evaluation for both is exactly the same, it's just yeah. a different process. Okay. Yeah, with that. Item 10. Uh, to note that the 23-24 budget overview and advice meeting took place on the 19th of January. Revisions were made to the accounting system to reflect committee income and expenditure. I think, I don't think that's already showing through, but it will shortly. So um, the accounts have been split up, so they're clearer to well, they will be clearer to you and to anybody else looking at them. So, uh, for example, we have a, a section set up for discretionary payments, which are payments which are made which aren't obligatory. So the over 70s, the grants that you give out um, become discretionary awards, a choice that the council makes to do. Okay. So this, these were the, the advice from the um, Derek, yeah. the yeah. accountant. And you, you were there for some of it and met, I was, I came met down the accountant. Um, met the accountant. Um, I, I have to say it was really great. It's, it's long in the tooth, shall we say, because it's, it's, and he's also worked with the Rialto system. I think he was a kind of founding um, person to kind of um, set that up. Um, and he gave some really great advice and fully understood exactly where we were wanting to go with our accounts um, to make sure that they were more streamlined, easier to understand, and again, takes some of the onus and the responsibility off all of Joe's shoulders. So we're kind of sharing some of the workload around accounts and actually receipt of invoices as, yeah. as well moving forward. So, so everyone in the FTC team has an awareness and is able to follow the accounts. So if, for instance, Joe you know, had, had yeah. some time off, unexpected time off again, then we wouldn't be in the same position. Yeah. We'd be able to work yeah. and, and use the accounts moving forward. It was um, worth it. Getting them involved. And also we've got a, an open line now, so if there are any queries moving forward of accountancy nature, then we can just pick up the And phone. we have. And we have already. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's been it, it's so well. far. Okay. Uh, so uh, uh, sorry, eleven to consider revision to finance regs following the advice from DCK. So one of those is on page fifteen, uh, which is to do with the public contracts and the fact that the threshold has gone up to 30,000 from the 22nd of December, so that's been put into the finance regs. Yeah. Um, and the other one was in 2.2, which is something that we haven't done, that we will do, 
So on a regular basis, and at least once each in each quarter, and at every financial year end, which we do do anyway, a member other than the chairman should be appointed to verify the bank reconciliations for all accounts. So it's a double checking and a double accountability. Does that mean the chairman of this committee or the chairman of council? The chairman, wherever they're presented to. Oh, so each, yeah. It, so this committee, because uh, they get alternate months, this yeah. committee or full council. Yeah. So the chair signs them at the meeting, which is absolutely correct. We need to build in an extra chair okay. to have them just check. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And we can appoint them at either this committee or full council committee as to who will actually do it. So does it have to be an appointed person? Or we can it just be, right, Lucy's checking them this month, Bernie's checking them next month? Or as long as it's minuted, who's doing it? Yeah, so it doesn't have to be the same person every time? No. Okay. And it doesn't have to be a signature. Okay. Okay. That's good. I think that's good. Transparency as well, isn't it? Well, we all see it anyway, but... And then yeah, you get another oversight. So, yeah. Much better. So those are the changes, if you're happy to approve those. Yeah, I'm happy. Absolutely. Everyone happy with those? Yeah. 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 Item 12. Uh, Festival of Walks to consider granting an additional £500 to the working group under budget code 4710 for the 23 Festival of Walks. B to consider administrative support for the 24 Festival of Walks. So, am I okay to. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Yeah, thanks, so, um, so, we were. It was requested for an additional £500 um, for the working group to put on the. 2023 uh, Festival of Walks. I think there was a couple of items that they needed to, to purchase um, that had um, come to the end of end of life. So um, so that's 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 come to here to give to that group. But I think Joe could just remind me how much is is their grant? Was it? Uh, it was fifteen hundred. So they're asking for two thousand. Yeah. We put two two in for next year. Okay. And so we, we, we have budgeted for. For next year, we just haven't budgeted the additional yeah. this year. And we do grant them money for calendars and things as well, don't they? So that, that's all part, that's of, all it. part of it. Yeah. yeah, it is. And then, why is it coming here and not to events? It sits under festival in, in the PPNR. We're going to. Well, Did we, I, we, we, we are. Is this one I queried at budgeting? It's, it's a strange one, yeah. yeah it is. I, I don't understand why. No, it's an odd one. So, moving forward. I think I do know why. We've yeah, got, yes, yes, yeah. the chair. Yeah. We've got a proposal <laughs> to, to, to rejig um, some of the committees, so, so we're just waiting. Yeah, we've just got a proposal to do that. Okay. With a few other things, that, you know, bits and pieces. So just some anomalies in different committees, yeah. so we just need to have a, um, a, a draw line, get the right, get the committees set up with the right um, elements and accounts yeah. aligned to them before we go into. The yeah, before, election. The, before we, we come to tighten everything. So and it's all there when, when we start and no discussion on that. And that ties in with the um, accountancy um, advice that we've been given as well okay. in terms of where budget goes. And is this the sort of thing that, I suppose it's not really pre-election stuff, but does it need to be done before PERDA or can it be done at any time because it's it's existing money anyway but we're not moving anything we're not yeah. increasing anything we're just uh, tightening up tidying our committee procedure yeah. really yeah. which makes it better for any new councillors coming in yeah. that that's already been looked at mm. yeah. okay then so to consider granting that 500 pound are we happy to do that i'm happy i i would be as well and then B, with the administrative support, that comes from Liz and Lindy, does it? it? Does. Just Lindy. Yeah. Lindy. So I've got an update on their um, 
Uh, so I wrote to the group on the, that's sorry, the Frosham Festival um, of Walks group on the 22nd of February, so last Wednesday, as the as the agenda mm -hmm. was publicised. It's taking an awful lot of time, um, administrative time, um, and we've recently revised roles and responsibilities, which we're taking in part B, so I'm not going to go into the details yeah. of that. Um, the revision to those roles and responsibilities will mean well, it will improve efficiency and the economy of the operation, um, and there'll be a reassignment of some tasks um, uh, to be better aligned to all the functions necessary um, within the team. Um, so the revision of the roles and respons responsibilities means that we can no longer provide that administrative support for the working group. Um, that also comes and falls in line with all our other working groups. So all of the working groups, including the Frogham Neighbourhood Plan, provide their own administra administration. So I did write to the group to advise that I would be proposing that we, we no longer, after this year, so get, get this year's um, Festival of Orcs out of the way, um, and that we no longer provide any admin support for that group going forward, that they provide their own. Have you had a response to that? I've had no response. Okay. It's in, it's in line with everything else, isn't it? So, you know, it's not... It's not out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, what are we to do? Are we yeah? So I'll write to them formally then from tomorrow just to say that we debated this evening and we're withdrawing following this year's Festival yeah. of Walks programme. Mm. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, item thirteen uh, year end audit. Note that DCK accounting will be closing down the year end Rialto software on twenty fourth of April. The internal audit will be carried out by JDH Business Solutions. That's just a note. 14, to note that uh, Northwich Town Council has carried out topple testing, identified headstones in need of attention, which the cemetery clerk is actioning. I think there's about 15. So what do we do there then? So if there's a headstone belonging to a family well, that needs attention? We're fairly lucky in that our cemetery is, is pretty new. Yeah. So we, we are still existing people for each of the graves. So Liz will write to each of the grave owners or the plot owners to inform them that um, they need to do some remedial work on the headstones. And it's, we set them a time scale to yes. do that work and what happens if it's not done? Is it for us then to burden, to have the burden it through? Um, each of the headstones has the mason's name on it. So, which would, the onus is on us yeah. as the owner of the graveyard to make sure that it's safe. So when somebody comes to us and they, they buy a plot, or whatever it is that you do, is there something in that agreement that says... They're responsible for the maintenance yeah, of it, it is and there. it's subject to topple testing every X amount of years. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. It is what it is then, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. And the, you said there was about 15? Yeah, but some of them were very, very minor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, item 15 to receive a report from the clerk following the meeting uh, sorry Liverpool Airport Consultative <laughs> Committee to receive a report from the clerk following the meeting held on 17th Feb. It was an interesting meeting 
two and a half hours of a meeting. Yeah. Um, uh, we were provided with all the reports in advance and the reports were read to us. Um, the main thing to note is that the airport is back to, they think about 70% pre-COVID traffic through it, but they're not expecting it to increase from that. Um, people's habits have changed, the way people deal with the holidays, what people want to do, how many people want to get on a plane. Some of the routes have been taken away by uh, Ryanair. We've got some new routes and Lufthansa is now flying, flying from the airport, um, but they've lost some destinations as well, the, non, the less popular destinations. They are hoping to build up the freight traffic. Um, but they're not expecting to go back to where they were pre-COVID. Okay. That's fine. 16. Cleaning contract at Castle Park House. Consider the quotation of contract cleaning from the existing provider following the removal of the current service by Castle Park Trust. We are serviced offices. I'll do it there. Yeah. Um, the company that currently provides the service they have security clearance, they have the uh, alarm for the front door. Uh, we have an issue with the fob to get into Office 3. It regularly doesn't work. Um, the Cheshire West, I don't know what's happened to the machine that programmed the fobs, but they can no longer program fobs. So we have a real problem. Uh, our current cleaners are the only people who have got the uh, master fob that gets them into all of the offices. So I'd like, to, and the, the price is just about the same wherever you go. So I would like you to consider uh, using the current company, well, that we did have until okay. Christmas, uh, three hours a week. Have we got the quote? I have. It's uh, £16.49 an hour. Very simple, isn't it? Uh, we looked at Molly Molly Maid, mm. I think it was. Might not be Molly Maid. Um, and they were coming in between 16 and 18 pounds. But again, we then have, how do they get into the building? How many people do you want with access to the front door alarm? Um, they can only clean the building when we've left the building. So if there's somebody in there till five o'clock, you could have cleaners in that are on, the, on their own in the building. So that was 16 pound? 16 pound 49. Three hours a week? Yeah. yeah. 52 weeks a year? No. Okay. Well, yes, yes, sorry. Yes, yeah. go for the uh, What's the maximum quote this committee can approve? What do we have in, what the budget for room for Castle Park higher rental, we're not up to it. I've not, I've not got the budget here for next year. I mean, it can go... What's, what's, what's it's coming to 2,572. I can't remember what the, the limit of this committee is. Three I can't remember if it's three. The, the committee hasn't got, as far as I know, the committee hasn't got a, a limit. I, I think it's committees in general of mm -hmm. 3,000. Is it 5,000? I can't remember three if it's three or five. It's, it's a 1,000 for me, isn't it? 1,000 for you as, a, as any chair. Yeah. It's either three or five. We might and what, did, what was the total figure? 2,572. So it's 3,000 that, that comes under that? Yeah. If it's either 3 or 5, it's still under, isn't it? Yeah. So, shall we approve it in principle to then check that it's... And if not, we'll refer it to full council. Yeah. 
Um, we've had no cleaning done since December. Oh. Um, I was hoping. <laughs> 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 no, but we can approve it tonight in principle, and then yeah, yeah. if we find that it's not within this committee, then it can go to full council. I'm sure yeah. it will. Yeah. yeah. This well, within this committee sits the rental. Yeah. And I was looking. And we've got. I'm not finding it. You know. We've got all the quotes. Obviously, we've got yeah, the right yeah. amount of quotes. It's just the. Yeah. You've got That's standing orders there, Helen. Yeah. I've got a feeling it's five. I'm sure I remember us changing it. I know it's not in your terms of reference. Mm. I've been looking at those. Seeing it, so. No, it's not here. So we're approving principle, and we'll just double check. Yeah, and then I'm if sure it's three or five. I, I, and it's I've, not in financial regs. Yeah. And it's not on the committee terms of reference, so I don't know where that would be found. I've seen it somewhere. I've because, seen it. Yeah, I can't remember where I it was. So, when so it, where was it when we fell foul of it? So we checked something for us, didn't she? Um, and it might have been at one of the last last meetings. That's a great in principle then. If, it, if it's under, it's then I think it's the right thing to do. If it's not, then we. Yeah, so we're not, we're, um, we have been sharing out the contents of our bins to take home. Well, I mean, Lovely. even from now till year end would fit into the budget of this committee mm. anyway. So yeah. we could agree from now to year end. Yeah. And then that's fine. So at least you can get clean okay. and tidy. Get yeah, and then we'll bring it to full council for, for next year and sign up. A year on deal with it or whatever it needs to be. Um, okay. Uh, part B then. Okay. Resolved to exclude press and public. Uh, 